Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Baxter. Today's episode is episode three. The music today is brought to you by a guy named Ataya. Ataya. And he is uh, a guy by the name of Ty that I had the good fortune of meeting. And I, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, which makes him even more awesome to me. I love Canada. If it was just a little bit warmer there, I would live there in a heartbeat. The Canadian people have been so good to me. So it's no surprise that if he is Canadian, that I liked him. But more importantly, I like his music, and I think you're going to like his music too. Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast, and if you can hear a little lightness in my voice today, it's because I feel pretty good about what I want to share with you, because it's going to lighten your load. And it's something that I think that we all struggle with. I mean, hell, I wouldn't know how to talk about it if I hadn't been through it and don't continue to go through it. And I see it practically in front of me almost every time I teach, or at least on the first day of the weekends that I teach movement. It's a type of uh, stuckness. It's a stuckness that you can see in someone. And it underneath that stuckness is a vibration of panic. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in this situation or known someone who was uh, stuck in their singleness and they vibrated a type of panic that scared everybody away from them. I've definitely been that guy. But when we're stuck, we panic. And when we panic, we don't make good decisions. And so, with stuckness being something that creates panic, makes us hectic upstairs, it's something that we want to avoid. And when we think about verbs that would avoid stuckness, one of those verbs is uh, flow. To flow. When we think of something that flows, it... Uh, we don't think of stuckness. Uh, we think of you know, adaptability, maneuverability. But we don't think of stuckness. And so today I want to talk about freeing up a type of flow so that our energy, our life, feels less stuck and of course this is not a degree that you earn this is something that you experience again and again and again every samurai runs out of water at some point all of us need to come back and check in with ourselves and these future hero podcasts i i hope while you're moving or commuting or doing whatever are meant to help you check in with that and today we want to check in with 
particular block to our flow. And I guess I, I guess before I, I get into that, I, I should talk about what I think flow is. And I think flow is is many many things. And so I think when you're talking about a big idea, the moment you try to define it, um, you 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 limit it. And so with that in mind, I I just offer this uh, this one part of a definition of, of what I'm sure is a greater whole than even I understand. But the way that I want to talk about flow right now, it's like, it's a feeling, it's a state. And when you are in that flow feeling, um, you, you are in rhythm with the all. It's and I know that that sounds so dramatic, but it is a feeling. True flow is this feeling that you are in rhythm with everything. And uh, I'm sure many of you have felt what I'm talking about, but for those of you that haven't, if you've ever like felt like you were in the zone, you know, I, I actually felt flow or recognized it maybe while waiting tables because in waiting tables uh, you're subjected to this erratic pace these all these people making demands and asking for things uh, nicely or rudely and you have to find a flow with it because uh, you know you'll notice like when you start off waiting you want to put everybody on your clock and then you start to realize that you're going to have to be on their clock and you're going to have to flow all these clocks together. And when you're in the zone, whatever the modality is, you're in rhythm with everything. The chef yells at you. Your boss asks you to go on a separate delivery or something. You roll with it. You flow with it. It's like you're all is is what is in rhythm with the all like you are if i can put this better you, you you're in harmony you are you are yourself in your allness <laughs> where there are no separate parts and you're this one being and when you're in that state uh, you get uh, you you know it's a um, it's a exhilarating feeling because we realize how not in flow we are most of the time. And so we can look at the things that flow is and then try to look back at our life and when we don't feel flow. And I'm sure there are many, many areas and one of those is obviously when we are feeling stuck. And in this case, I mean probably more in the greater picture of your life not just one moment but the, the greater picture of it now for some of you I think that I'm going to rock you with what I'm about to say <laughs> not really but this is definitely inconsistent with everything else that we're told 
but I actually think that a rigid consistency to your identity is a flow blocker. It creates a trap. And in that trap, you are becoming, we are becoming, I am becoming stuck. Because our identity is essentially built. It consists of eroding parts. That the parts that we use many times for what we call our identity, they are actually eroding. Like if you could do time-lapse photography, you could watch it wither, watch it melt, watch it disappear, disintegrate. And so in that way, because the sum of those parts is in decay. And so who we identify ourselves with is in a type of decay. We're going to talk about some of those different parts. Oh, this is nice. SoundCloud. He spells it A-T-Y-Y-A. So obviously there are many types of identity, but in a bigger way, at least philosophically, what I'm talking about right now, you could think of identity as a... Um, like a set of uh, rhythms or a structure, like a song structure. And the, the notes are, are placed, but they are placed within that structure or in within that rhythm, that time or whatever. And that we collect those structures and uh, we live within those structures. And those structures of identity can can be quite nice at times. You could almost think about like your identity being like a boat that you get in that sort of separates you from the water a bit so that you can uh, be on top of the water and navigate, um, be less susceptible to the even stronger currents that your identity can carry you through uh, stormy water. And indeed, sometimes it does. Uh, Ayla. And another thing identity can do besides the vehicle is that you can, in a sense, just to stay with that metaphor, you can find a fleet for your ship. And our identity and our embracing it uh, introduces us to our tribe. It introduces us to uh, the same people that listen to the similar rhythms and therefore they uh, are tribe or, or social groups. 
And part of having an identity is, is definitely related to that. And I know in my own search for identity, I was kind of searching for my tribe. And identities and tribe really feed each other. Um, and, and I'm horrible with quotes, but I, so there was a Kipling quote once that was something, uh, something like the strength of the, the wolf is the pack and the strength of the pack is the wolf. And those, in a similar way, identity and tribe relate that way so that they're so dependent upon the other that the identity of the wolf is the pack. And while it's romantic and nice uh, for animals, it can become, for humans, a source of stuckness. Because what if the pack doesn't reflect what's in the wolf's heart? Then does the pack become weak because that wolf doesn't agree 100%? And is there not a pressure from the pack for the wolf to stay in line? And so... Well, I appreciate identity in tribes, and I definitely have a tribe, I guess, and have a crew and people that I enjoy. I'm aware that they're just ships. I'm aware that they are just fleets. And that I can get out of that ship whenever I want to and that I can leave that fleet whenever I want to and knowing that makes me appreciate them because then I choose I choose that boat to sail these waters I choose this fleet to hang out with and I put a power in that choice Appreciation in my choice comes from my knowledge that I am inconsistent and that my heart, as my heart learns to love and as my mind begins to grow and learn, that I may not be consistent to the rhythms and the ships that carried me through one part. And that Ultimately, I don't need to be consistent to the ship that I'm in. I need to be consistent to where my heart, my mind, my spirit, my purpose wants to go. And if that ship can't get me there, then I don't need to be consistent to its dead-end course. And I can get out of it.
people will turn on you, man. When you want to get out of your ship, people will be like, but I thought you ate meat. But you always like this. I can't believe you're leaving this. You're always changing. Because identities are just easier for people to get a hold of. They can file you away a lot easier. Because ultimately, identities are drawn with broad strokes. And so it's almost like it's easier. It's less of a pain in the rear for people if you're just consistent for your whole life. (laughs) And of course, I do believe you could be consistent your whole life, but it would produce inconsistency. Because being consistent and listening to the human heart is going to take you on a wild ride. And it's beautiful if you embrace it. All you need to be is consistent to your own heart. things that we can get from identity and tribe is a type of confidence. It can be a source of confidence that we are a part of something bigger by being a part of a tribe or that by maintaining an outward sense of ourselves that we are by that act alone virtuous Because identity can produce confidence, it uh, can also become crutch. And that's the dangerous part. Learning to walk with crutches that are decaying, that are getting shorter, becoming unusable. I mean, you don't need a crutch. We don't need crutches. The type of body that I'm talking about that you have doesn't need a crutch and can stand pretty tall. It needs to stand tall. It needs to feel like it can go anywhere it wants to go. And if an identity that it once had just gotten a little too binding, a little too tight, You owe it to your life to get out of that identity. Whether that identity is a faulty marriage or a job you never liked in the first place or a church you can't relate to, whatever, you know. That it's okay. And you don't need to feel guilty. You need to feel free. Like you're stepping out of jail. That's essentially what identities are. They can become elaborate. We think of them as fortresses, but they are elaborate penitentiaries. And what we think is keeping all the mean people out or the undesirables, the people that are not us out, or actually just keeping the people that we could become in. And stifling. 
And it's angst building. And your angst builds up. Just like that panic builds up, your angst builds up. And when you see people outside of your identity and they're having fun and doing their thing, like, how could you? How could you dare enjoy your freedom from your identity? The most classic example I can think of this is you probably have that friend that makes fun of everybody on the dance floor that he or she just mocks everyone on the dance floor never actually dancing right and then when they do get out and dance they dance in this kind of mo almost mocking way this almost like um, Will Ferrell is like just awkward on purpose kind of thing and so easy to see that they're stuck within an identity that they've construed that they're not the kind that lets go or that they're not the kind of person that dances or whatever. And so it's as if like our protection of our identity just creates this unnecessary awkwardness. And I'm going to be clear here that I'm talking to those who might be feeling stuck. And that there are certainly identities and things that we identify with that are awesome things. And it's like we identify with this um, philosophy or we identify with this uh, social group or spiritual group um, because they, it, we are nurtured in that. But it's good to understand that, or to keep in mind, what is identifying with it? What exactly is identifying with it? You are. And then that brings about the question, who am I? And my belief is that whatever you are, whatever your system tells you that you're made of, that is changing. Oh, that's nice. You see, that thing that is identifying with these things is this living, moving, growing thing. And it might life for a lifelong identify perhaps like with a faith for its entire life. Because what is doing the identifying is nurtured by that thing. That's important to understand that it's not the thing that it's identifying with. It's the connection that is made. That connection to the you that identifies with groups is ultimately your spirituality. And that's what flows. It's your 
whatever it is, essence, quirkiness, your whatever makes you you, and you know what I'm talking about. That thing. And identities were something that we all came up with a long time ago as a sort of shorthand to understand each other. You want to get to know me, I can tell you a couple of identities that I like. You can sort of find me, meet the person, you hear that they're into sports. It sort of helps you begin to find them, perhaps, or you meet someone, they tell you that they're Buddhist. It's an identity, it's a shorthand. And that person, if they tell you that they're Buddhist, is, is, is open to you making that conclusion, to using that shorthand. But I am certain that within the heart of every Buddhist, well, perhaps, that there might be an un-Buddhist element, potentially. Or that there might be... Well, not, not let me back up. Not an un-Buddhist element, but there might be an unexpected quirk for the person that's using the identifier of Buddhist. They'll see, maybe they see this monk doing something that they had not associated possible because of the rigors of their identity that they've used to label him. And I think that's the most important part, to understand that identities are ultimately labels, and that they point to this invisible thing that is us, but they are not us. They are expressions of who we think we are at that time. So as we grow, our identities, the things that we connect to that part with, um, may change. And it's okay for them to change. Sometimes they're yanked away, like when we identify as a mailman and we lose our, our job identify ourselves as this. Sometimes we identify ourselves as rich and then we lose everything. We identify ourselves as beautiful and then we watch that erode or at least slowly decay. when we begin to become the label. When we get more invested in protecting the label of what people think our identity is, that we lose our way. When that becomes more important to us than what the practice is helping us identify, what the identity is helping us do. Before I go, I think this connects to a lot of what's going on right now. That we protect our identity in numbers. And we look for allies against identities that are different than ours. 
problem is, is that we turn so much into the pack that we lose our wolfness, that we forget that we have free will, and that perhaps we can break from the tribe to reach out and make peace with another tribe. In fact, the less we identify, typically the freer we are to interact with groups outside of that identity. The freer we are to let go, perhaps, to set aside an identity for a moment. Generally, the more peaceful we become. Imagine not looking for someone's identity. That when you meet them, when you're talking to them as they're in front of you, that you're not seeking out their identity. That you're actually trying to seek out their essence. To seek out the gist of that person. Substance of that person. To see... uh, their light to see their perspective instead of looking for the label instead of looking for triggers of preconceptions it's just something to think about this is the future hero podcast my name is baxter we're on itunes soundcloud The music today has been provided by Ataya, A-T-Y-Y-A. He is on SoundCloud. Uh, Beautiful stuff. This is actually a DJ uh, set that he did, but most of the songs, as far as I understand, are are his. Uh, There was an Ayla remix in there that was just gorgeous. Anyway, thank you, Ty, for letting me use your music. It's been beautiful. I'll see you guys next week.